Welcome to the Complete Student Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. I'm really excited about today's episode because today we are interviewing a good friend of mine. His name is Drew Williams. Drew, how are you doing? Man, I am great. I am fantastic. Glad to be here. Awesome. Great. We're excited to have you. Drew is a children's pastor in Albany, Georgia. He's a new dad, and he is also a fitness machine. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about that. But can you just start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, where you're from, maybe your family? Tell us a little bit about yourself. For sure, man. So uh, as he said, my name is Drew Williams, um, and I am a children's pastor here in South Georgia, in Albany, Georgia. Um, I've been in full-time kids ministry for six years. Um, I have a beautiful wife whose name is Jada. Uh, We have been married for four years, and as of February 22nd, we have a little son named Luke. He is a little curly, red-headed bundle of joy. He's my new favorite (laughs) thing, and we love him with all of our hearts. He's really made my life incredibly better. Um, uh, I was enrolled at Missouri Southern State University before I got into full-time ministry, and I was dual enrolled in Missouri School of Ministry. Um, and while I was there, I played football and um, studied communications and um, kind of went around the country a little bit. I uh, got to meet Jay while I was working in Orlando as a kid's pastor, and now I've been here in Southern Georgia for two years. I'm loving it, man. That's awesome. Awesome. And so you're a new dad, and I just have to ask, are you, have you been getting enough sleep? Uh, so I don't need much sleep to operate, but uh, no, <laughs> no, I, the answer is no, <laughs> absolutely not. He, he, he is like his dad in that he loves to eat. And if he's, he's also like his dad, where if he doesn't eat, no one wants to be around him. So yeah, mm, yeah. Nice. We're up a lot. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so we had the opportunity to work together in Orlando, Florida and uh, you're a children's pastor, and I love that. So tell us a little bit about why children's ministry, how did you get into it, and why do you think it's so important just to invest in the next generation or the generation that's behind you? Absolutely. So how I got into it was I was uh, either 14 or 15. This It's really important to me. I can't remember how old I was, but I was either 14 or 15, and I was at a kid's camp. The only reason I was there was because my younger brother, um, my mom said the only way he could go is if I was his assistant counselor. So um, we're at the camp and it's the first night and I do not want to be there. Like the only like glimpse of daylight was I was hoping I could get a girlfriend at church camp like every other kid at the camp. <laughs> um, but uh, so we're there and um, this guy named Kelly Presson is preaching. Um, uh, Jay knows him. He's an incredible, incredible kids guy, a real legend in kids ministry. And um, he's preaching and the kids go up to the altar and right there as I'm praying for my little brother and I'm surrounded by other kids, um, about as close to it as an audible voice of God, he just said, man, this is what you're supposed to do. You are surrounded by your purpose. And mm. um, as to why kids ministry is important, I like to think of the uh, our faith as a construction because I grew up with a dad who was a, um, into, into construction. He was a foreman for a construction company. And I like to think of our faith as building a house. And whenever we're, whenever you, uh, you have kids ministry, that's building the foundation of the house because our faith will be tested um, as we grow. There's storms that'll come in our life that will test that faith building. And if it doesn't have a strong foundation, if it's not rooted in something that is sturdy, then um, those storms of life will overcome the house. But if that uh, foundation is built in something that is dependable, if that foundation of our faith is built in God's word and, and a strong relationship with Jesus and knowing who he is and knowing that he loves us, then those storms won't be able to take us out. And that's what kids ministry is. It's building that foundation. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that answer. 
And uh, I don't know if our listeners can tell, but you're someone with a lot of energy and a lot of passion. And I love that about you. Ever since I've gotten a chance to get to know you, you've always been someone who's like just high energy, ready to get, get going, ready to move around. And where do you think that, that, that passion and that energy and that source of life for you comes from? So uh, I think that God calls people, um, that he doesn't just uh, call the equipped, he equips the called. That's obviously a, a, a well-known saying. But um, when God made me, he knew I was meant to herd cats um, <laughs> because uh, I, I actually um, have something, uh, Jay knows this, I have a uh, hyperactive adrenal gland which means I consistently operate at the rate of someone who is um, have in a car accident about. Um, so I have just a lot of built up energy already. And um, God called me to an area where that can be used. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful for that. And um, your energy levels are up whenever you exercise. So um, and exercise is a huge part of my daily life. So uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely comes from those two things. Yes, the hyperactive adrenal gland. That is that is for sure true in your life. I can definitely see that. So you mentioned that you use a lot of that energy and that passion and put it towards working out. And that's kind of how you kind of burn some of that energy off. So what does your workout routine look like? Sure. So, uh, it's, it's kind of changed over the years. Um, it's a lot more simplified now because, um, my timeframe for getting to work out is a lot smaller and, um, a lot of injuries that have came before have kind of accumulated. So I have a specific group of things that I enjoy doing now. Um, but I've had the opportunity to learn from a whole lot of people and a lot of different fitness, um, styles. Um, I've worked in strongman, I've worked in, um, MMA and kickboxing. I've worked in, um, normal, um, like athletic weightlifting through college football. So, um, I try to combine all of the things that I've had the opportunity to learn and take all of my favorite things that I'm actually excited to do and apply those to my fitness schedule. So, um, that'll usually start with like muscle group activation, um, whatever area of my body I'm going to be working on that day. I get it warmed up through band work. Um, this, uh, Instagram page called squat university. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's fantastic Mm -hmm. in learning about muscle activation in different body groups. Um, it's, it's incredible. I couldn't recommend it more, but, uh, so I start with muscle group activation. Then I move, um, to getting ready for the power movement of the day. Uh, it'll either be a strongman movement or one of the big three bench squat deadlift. And um, I'll get my power movement done, and then I'll do auxiliary lifts that support that power movement. Um, and then I'll do either a yoga cool down or I'll do a taekwondo kata cool down. Wow. Yeah. So this is de- definitely something that's been super important in your life. And uh, I wonder if, do you remember kind of where that became an important part of your life? Has it always kind of been something that, that you've been doing, like working out, just always kind of been a part of your life? Or did that develop over time? And tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, I didn't obviously come out of the womb with a dumbbell in my hand. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was ironic because I, I, I got your I got your baby a little baby dumbbell because and I he, knew that that's that was... literally the first toy he played with. I'm serious. Uh, yeah. Like he he doesn't quite have the grip strength yet, so he can't really hold on to it. But he he absolutely loves the sound it makes. So thank you for yeah. that. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna love that later. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So um, I actually got into fitness whenever uh, really early. Whenever I was in fifth grade. Um, I was naturally a really smaller person, shortest and skinniest in my class. Like if I ran, you could see my heart beating in my chest. Um, I mean, there was, there was skin and bone and the bones were toothpicks. I mean, there was nothing there. Um, and I was playing football and, um, you know, you get bullied a lot at school whenever you're smaller. And, um, I got tired of getting knocked down in every Oklahoma drill that we did at football practice and, uh, just got tired of getting picked on at school. So started out lifting on one of those old style, uh, cable machines in our shed behind our trailer with my dad. And he, he, he kind of taught me all of the basics that went into that. Um, and he taught me about 
how, you know, you don't want to jump into it with finding a max because that's a good way to get hurt. Your body's not ready for that yet. Start with the fundamentals, build those muscle groups up so that you can do something bigger and better as you get older. Um, so like I said, started in fifth grade and it just ever since then, it's been a part of my life and uh, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. So as you've gotten older, obviously uh, you have different time limitations than you did when you were a kid and you can kind of, you know, do whatever you wanted to do. So how has, how have you found ways that you've just learned to, to prioritize it in your schedule, you know, when you have a lot of other things that are competing for your time and your attention? Sure. So, uh, I mean, above all else, I mean, we have to do everything in moderation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. even the Bible even specifically talks about um, our fitness um, and the role it should play in our life. It says that uh, in, let's see, I think the verse is 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, um, training the body has some value. And that even in and of itself, the fact that the, um, the Paul says, hey, this has some value, that's, that's credible. Um, but training our spiritual life is even more valuable. So in my eyes, if my training session is going to take up time that could that should have been used for my spiritual development, my relationship with God, building that up, um, then I don't do it. I skip it for that day. Um, but what I do is I essentially look at my day at the next day. So today I would look at tomorrow and I would find a 45 to 75 minute window and I block that off. If someone asks me, hey, what are you doing? I tell them I have an appointment. Um, that is, that is my time. So I just find whatever window the next day, that's 40, that's 45 to 75 minutes and I make it happen. Mm, yeah, no, that's really good. So how much would you say that your physical well-being plays a role in your ability to be able to do what you do? Absolutely. So, uh, kids ministry is essentially like, I don't know if you, how much you like Lord of the Rings. I love it. Um, but it's like jumping into the battle of Helm's Deep and, and, <laughs> And waiting for Gandalf to start rolling down the hill like that. That's essentially when the parents come into the kids center. Um, that's Gandalf running, riding down the hill on the white horse. Um, yeah. And the whole entire rest of it is hoping that the orcs don't take over Helm's Deep. But <laughs> it's just one thing after another after another. But thing is, um, if you want a kid to be excited about what you're doing, then you have to be um, excited first. You have to set the tone for the room. And um, your energy level is most likely going to be the cap of the energy level of the room. Your, your passion is going to be the cap of how excited your audience is going to be. They're never going to be more excited than you are. Um, so uh, I try to make sure that that energy level is really high up there. And I can't keep that energy level going if my body is not in a state where it can accomplish that task. Um, cause you know, kids live in like a pre-edited world, whether it be surfing through TikTok, watching YouTube, or, um, even watching streamers, how they edit their streams. Um, everything they do is pre-edited. There's no dead space. And in mm -hmm. my kids ministry, I try to create that same, um, atmosphere where there's no dead space. We're either in an active um, part of service or we're in an active transition. There is absolutely no dead time. Um, and you have to be on your toes and you have to be on your A game to be able to accomplish that task. So yeah, definitely. Um, the gym helps me be able to accomplish that. Yeah. So when you're talking to, you know, maybe a young person and, um, you know, you're maybe talking about the importance of, of being physically fit or, or staying active, like how do you say that that translates for, for others outside of children's ministry? Like why is it important for a person to stay, to stay physically active, to take care of themselves? For sure. So um, I am in no way a, a biochemist or anything like that, but I do know that um, there is a lot of neurotransmitters that are not generated if you're not being physically active. The, um, your, your, your brain operates better whenever your body is in motion. Um, so whether it be um, dealing with a personal problem in your own life, if it's um, mm -hmm. working through a situation um, at church, if it's um, even dealing in your own interrelationships, uh, uh, an active body and a healthy body is going to help you have a, a better active mind and a healthy mind. 
on anything in motion tends to stay in motion. So for sure. Nice. That's yeah, that's a really good answer. And that's a good point. So how does staying healthy physically just affect other areas of your life? You kind of alluded to it just a minute ago, but can you think of how, um, you know, how it's impacting maybe our physical health or mental health or other areas or our moods, what comes to mind? Just kind of the, yeah. the other factors as it relates to, to physical sure. health. So uh, the gym has always worked as like an emotional outlet for me, like my little like inner sanctum, my bat cave. Um, mm-hmm. And as an Enneagram 8, uh, I don't know how much you guys deal with the Enneagram, but um, I am uh, I am an Enneagram 8. I am a problem solver. I like to find what's wrong and headbutt it in the face. Um, that's that's just how my brain works. Um, I'm, I'm a real hands-on person. And whenever there's things in my life that are beyond my control, whenever there's uh, problems that I cannot physically fix, or at least not in my own timing, um, I have a hard, I have a little bit of a hard time with that. But whenever there are things that are beyond my control, I can control the barbell. I can control the weight. That is something that it works as a, a therapy for me that whenever everything else is out of my control, I can physically hold on to those things, um, those, those, those weights, the, uh, the heavy bag, whatever it is. Um, and it just gives me a sense of peace to know that, Hey, there is something that I can actually, you know, control. And it's a, it's a, it's a really good outlet for me. Um, I mean, Matt, uh, Matthew 6, 6 talks about us finding our quiet place that Jesus himself even had to find a quiet place. And I find that whenever I'm working out, whether it be in my basement garage, if I'm out on a run or whatever, even whenever I'm sparring, I know it sounds weird, but that's my place of peace. That's where I can emotionally get to a vulnerable enough state where God can speak directly to my heart, where there's no, there's no busyness. There's no me waiting on my phone for any notifications that are going to come from the church. It's a time where it's just me and Jesus. Um, and that, that having that outlet, having that, um, safe space is, uh, is it's invaluable. Yeah. So, um, on the flip side, you know, I, I know that you're a pretty consistent person that you consistently work out, you can consistently take care of yourself physically. But I also know that from our time working together, there were times where it's like, oh man, I have not made it, you know, to the gym and, Mm -hmm. or it's been a season and I got to get back into it. How do, how have you seen those seasons where you've maybe had a lull affect you personally? And maybe maybe your your mental standpoint or or just other areas of your life. Sure. So um, I I can't think of a time that I was I was so busy that I wasn't able to go to the gym, but I can definitely think of times where injury affected that. Yeah. Um, so uh, for instance, when I was a senior in high school, um, both of my lumbar muscles um, in my back um, all but directly tore in half. It was really bad. I wasn't able to walk mm. for a couple months. Um, I was out for um, uh, the first three games of my senior season. Um, it was, it was just, I was an emotional wreck. I mean, whenever you have to have your dad carry you from your living room to your bedroom when you're 17 years old, um, that'll break you down. Yeah. And, um, cause you start to identify if you, if you, de- if you dive too deep into the good that is fitness, you will find the bad. And that's where you find egocentricity. That's where you find, um, like depending on yourself only. And what I was doing was I was, um, correlating my value and my value to the world with um, my status in my fitness journey. And mm-hmm. that's not at all. I was idolizing my own self-development. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act that we have to do whenever we're working on our physical fitness. There's so much good in it. But like in anything, it has to be done in moderation. And I wasn't doing it in moderation. I was identifying with it. So um, whenever I wasn't able to develop myself in that time and in other times where I've been injured, um, it definitely makes me have to go back to, okay, where am I actually finding my value? Like what's really important? Because this is meant to be a supplementation onto my wellness, not the main source. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. I appreciate 
appreciate you just sharing openly about that. And I know that you've kind of alluded to it already a little bit. You, you've mentioned sort of the faith aspect to to taking care of ourselves physically. But from, from a faith standpoint, how does your faith really um, impact your mentality about taking care of yourself physically? Sure. So um, when uh, whenever you sent me this question before, I was looking at it and I looked at it and I thought, I, I, I think I actually look at it the other way around um, mm. because I'm such a, I'm such a, uh, a, um, a literal person, right? I like mm. to, I like to see things in a way that is um, like mentally palpable. So um, I look at it as um, that I treat my faith the way that how I treat my body, because that's mm-hmm. something that I understand. So like if I'm developing in my own life, a bad habit or a bad attitude, then I know it's rooted in a deeper problem that I need to address. Just like if I have a sore knee, then I know it's either probably a hip problem or an ankle problem that I need to address. It's not the knee isn't the issue, it's something else. And that translates into my faith. If I'm having um, a bad attitude, if I'm noticing that I'm spouting off at uh, Jada more or um, I am um, not having as much passion in a kid's service, those things aren't the problem. There's a deeper root in my, in my relationship with Jesus that I need to solve. Um, the way that I view fitness translates directly into how I view my relationship with God. Uh, another example is like if I'm struggling in my prayer life, I know that there's a distraction I need to get rid of. Um, if I'm having problem catching a power clean, um, I know that the problem isn't the clean, it's the position of my feet or it's something deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just the way that you analyze your, your, your physical health can directly translate um, how you analyze where you are in relationship with God. What are the good? What are the bad? What are the things that are actually bringing value? What are the things that are distractions or are um, taking away value from what needs to be there? Yeah, man, Drew, that is so good. I like the way that you you think through that. And uh, is there anything else that we didn't cover that that maybe you want to share? I appreciate just you giving your time today just to, to speak into these students. But um, anything else that we didn't cover that that you think of that maybe you want to share with us before we go? Yeah. Uh, just the, the only thing that I really want to say is, um, I, I heard a, another, uh, it's a YouTuber who, um, he really emphasizes this and I believe in it a lot. It's, um, whenever you're doing fitness or you're finding a way to be more healthy and more active, and you want to have all of the benefits that come from that, uh, don't just do what your friends are doing. Don't just do what's the hottest trend of the, of where you're at right then. Find something you enjoy. If you mm-hmm. hate running, don't run. There are plenty of options to keep you healthy. If you don't like lifting weights, if you're afraid of the risks, is that there is a risk reward factor there, then don't lift weights. There's there's tons of different ways that you can stay active and you can have all the benefits from exercise, but you just have to find something that you're passionate about, something that you can have fun doing, something that you can develop in and something that challenges you. Um, it's just like in our in our in our faith and whenever we're plugging ourselves into God's kingdom, uh, there's, you're, not everyone is meant to worship on stage. If you gave me a guitar, everyone would leave the church. <laughs> it wouldn't work. But yeah. I, but I can I can be in there and I can dress up as as my character Chuck Fu and have an Arkansas accent and tell kids about Jesus all day. I mean, um, just find find what find what's fun for you. Find what you find joy in and grow yourself in that. Uh, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Find what's best for you. Can you give us a little example of of Chuck Fu and your Arkansas accent? Uh. Okay. All right. Um, well, see, Chuck Fu, he's the master of frog foo. And frog foo is a uh, it's an art that's only found in the depths of southern Arkansas, the greatest country on earth. <laughs> that would be Chuck Fu, the master of frog foo. Uh, I welcome. love it. You're that's welcome. so awesome. 
Well, thanks again, Drew. Uh, how can we follow you online and, and uh, can you tell us where we can see what you're doing? Uh, sure. If people want to get to know you a little bit more. Absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm heavily, uh, like the, all of my content usually goes out into our kids' ministries um, accounts. So what you can do is you can follow uh, Kids at the Groves on both uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you, it's the just at Kids at the Groves. Our church is Church at the Groves, so our kids' ministry is Kids at the Groves. Um, mm-hmm. So that's our Facebook and our Instagrams, our Kids at the Groves. Um, we have a Kids at the Groves YouTube playlist where we post all of our kids' content. So um, if you're a student who's wanting to learn how to make content in any form or fashion, um, we, we've uh, been able to grow, especially during the COVID season in our content development. So um, we have a lot of stuff on there. And um, and in my personal life, uh, I am Pastor2 underscores Drew on Instagram if you want to keep up with me and the most cute kid on earth um, named Luke. Um, in all of our adventures. Uh, those are those are how you can stay in contact with us. That's awesome. Thanks again, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing the wisdom about taking care of ourselves physically and the importance of that. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, man. Yeah. Yeah.